For the last three months, we talk about the content from the book of Marks. The book of Marks, as everyone here should know, it's about understanding the true meaning, the essence of grace, what grace means to us, as to why our Lord Jesus Christ had to suffer and die to bring us grace. It was about the essence. It was about the meaning. And as you recall, the entire book of Mark, those people, especially disciples, didn't really understand what grace was until the very, very end. But we know from the beginning the meaning of grace. But what we are going to be talking about, hopefully next um, couple months or so, is this topic called growing in grace. It means what do we do with the grace that we have received? That is really the essence. And that is the reason why our Christ came here to die for us. And that's what we will talk about. So let's begin. Let's just say if somebody says, wow, she was graceful. Or somebody who says, or you can see something graceful, you say, that was so graceful act. And you may say, the baptism, that was so graceful in the way in which it was carried out. You may say, he entered the room with such grace. Her poise was so graceful. What's, how do you feel when you hear something like that? Or when you see something like that? How, what does it make you feel? Well, I think it's, it's kind of sweet. It's nice, but what are we really doing? What we're really doing is we're focusing on gesture. We're focusing on act. We're focusing on what Jesus would have done is to extend oneself to others. It's about extending. It's about extending. So as a Christian... How do we see grace? How do you see grace? For most part, most of the Christians think of grace as something, it's a thing. It's, it's a noun. It's like, it's a being. Or you can say, well, it's a God's thing. It's God did it. It's something that God gave it to us. He died. We can never die to bring something like that to others. Yeah, he was resurrected to prove that grace is real. We think of grace as something of being. In other words, in this case, we focus on the essence of grace. Earlier, when we talk about, oh, that baptism flow was graceful, that man and that woman, when he or she walked into this sanctuary, into this lobby, it was so graceful. What you're focusing at that time is the extension of oneself. 
the extension, hopefully, of the grace that's inside of one person. Often we think of grace as something that only God can give. And that's absolutely true too. And because it's something that only God can do, in reality, if we really, really think about it, somehow we are removed from its implication in our daily lives. Let that sink in for a moment. If you really, really think about it, in order for Jesus to give us the gift, the grace, let's say this grace is a being, it's an essence, let's say it's a thing, it's a gift. In order for him to bring that to us, he had to extend himself outwardly to us. That's the part we often forget. We think about grace as saving nature, saving nature. You receive grace, you go to the heaven. You made it. That's how we often think. But the message throughout the entire gospel is beyond that. It's more than that. How did Jesus extend himself in getting that grace to us? So our role now is how do we extend, the we as a receiver of the grace, how do we extend that to others? That is really the key. In other words, if we are in Christ's grace, how can we do the things that hurt people? I often do that too. How can we get like really, really angry to the point it really hurts somebody? How can we fall into temptation if you're really in the Christ's grace? Think about it. If we just focus grace as some kind of essence, it's just something being, oh, I could never be like that. Thank you, Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for, for that gift. We fall because the core of grace, the core of grace that requires action is far from us. Perhaps because when Jesus extended himself unto others, he died on the cross, he suffered. He said, I don't want to do that. It's been already been done. It's been done already, so I don't have to do it. So that instead of looking at grace that is extending, we look at it as essence of just being somebody else's grace that I happen to receive. We fall because... even though we received it, but we don't open it. We receive the grace as a gift. Everybody knows it's a gift, right? <laughs> but we didn't open Have you opened the, your grace that you received? The other day, I was looking at my closet. I have to make sure somebody who... Uh, well, I, look, open, I looked at my closet... And there was a bag. It was a bag that I put some stuff that I received from the Christmas gift four or five months ago. Was it four or five months? Yeah, four months ago. And realized I never opened it. 
the person who gave me is not here, thank God. <laughs> it was Cologne. Cologne was a gift. I received several clones. So the person who gave me a cologne here is here. That one, I opened it. <laughs> I'm using when I'm traveling. But there was another clone that never opened that. In fact, I didn't even know it was in there. Cologne is a gift. It was a free gift. It's the essence. But it has never seen the fragrance. Because I never opened it. Have you received grace as a free gift? Have you opened it? Does it give off this wonderful, beautiful fragrance unto others? That's the essence of this coming series. How do we reflect, open this gift that we have received for the benefit of others? How sad would it be if the grace that we have received is kept in the dark? What God desires from us after having given to us that free gift of grace, he wants us to not only open it, but turn that grace into action. He desires that grace to shine. He desires that grace to give off that fragrance. He desires us to grow in grace. He wants us to extend ourselves. So let's look at this chart. Why do we not do what we do? If you look at the, the lower left corner, the beginning of the chart, we do uh, effectively trying to help to understand others about this special, the free gift of God, so-called grace. So-called we help them, we nurture them, we talk about our God and what Jesus has done, and that's we call that outreach, or you want to call it evangelism, to help other people to receive this particular grace. Knowing that only through Son of God that we receive and that we be saved. And it's very clear in the Bible, something that you have already mastered, that grace only comes through faith. Ephesians 2.8 For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing. It is gift of God. Not a result of works so that no one may boast. So you don't go around and say, I got grace because I did some good work. It's a free gift. So when you get to that realization, that's when we call, you are saved. Now you have received the ticket to go to heaven. 
Now what? After having received this amazing gift, after having received this Christmas gift, put it in the bag and throw it away in dark, in the closet. Now what? Most of Christians fall short because we stop right there. We stop right at that red bubble. We stop after being baptized, thinking that we have come finally to final destination. We stop being saved. I mean, we stop at being saved. When somebody says, you are saved, for we were told that we have finally gotten the free pass to heaven. You know, still our country, United States, is envy of the world. You know how we know that? Everybody wants to come to the United States. Just name one country where everybody wants to come. It's the United States. No matter what the circumstances, they all want to come. As soon as they get, what? Visa. They are so happy. It's like right there. They tried very hard, apply, apply, and then finally get this stamped visa. You can go to the United States. That's the red zone. Yes. Is that the end? Is that the end? Of course not. When they come to the United States, it's now the beginning, the beginning of a new life. Beginning of new life. So when you receive grace, yes, you get to get, you get to get this ticket, whether it's airplane ticket, train ticket, or ticket of a cloud to go to heaven. But until you go to take that train, take the cloud to go to heaven, what do you do in between? Immigrants come to the United States with the joy and happiness. They go to work. They don't sit around and do nothing. They go to work. They take baby steps. They start with being a baby. But they move on. You may be 14 years old. You may be 25, 45, 90 years old. The moment you're saved, you are now baby in Christ. You are a baby in Christ. You're not equal in terms of maturity with someone who's been growing in Christ for years and years and years. That is why we encourage people to attend Bible studies. You're taking baby steps. Hopefully, go from baby to the teenager, teenager to adolescence, and to fully grown adult spiritually. We encourage you to join small groups. That's when life happens. That's where extending beyond yourself takes place. That's when you are trying to show the fragrance of grace. It's no different, no different than going to gym for workout. You have to apply it. That's the way to grow your muscles, 
your tenacity, your strength. So let's talk about how to grow in grace. Well, it's like a seed. When you get the free gift of grace, it's like receiving a seed. The seed that has so much potential. But that's not what it ends. No, that's not what it ends. It's just the beginning. You've got to go and sow it. You've got to go and water it. And you've got to grow. Allow the light to shine upon it. That's what we do with the seeds. Otherwise, it's not going to grow. You've got to go from spiritual baby to teenager Baby, adolescence, and being adult in Christ. We need to grow. And that's what God desired us to do. We can be a teenager spiritually in Christ and continue to rebel, continue to talk back, and continue to do the things that you know you're not supposed to do. That's not extending the grace that's inside of you. You're still baby. God wants us to grow. God acknowledges, even though the gift of grace may be instantaneous, the growing in grace may take time. To some people, it could be instantaneous too. But it takes time. We can be adult spiritually in grace and continue to hurt people, continue to hurting people by gossiping, talking behind people's back, cheating in business, things like that. You can't be doing that kind of stuff if you're an adult in spiritually. And this is where Paul was agonizing. Remember when we study the book of Galatians, the Galatians, who are Galatians? Something interesting fact. Galatians are not, Galatians is right now, it's in the middle of the Turkey. Well, where do they come from? These people are actually from Europe. We talked about that, we studied that. They're kind of like, uh, uh, not quite, but it's uh, uh, people before the Celtics. You know, the Celtic group just, just, had a big, huge empire around Germany and Paris, uh, France and, and then uh, all those uh, middle uh, uh, European countries. They, they're expanding and expanding. They keep coming down all the way down to the northern part of Italy. They moved on to Turkey and begin to settle down in a place called Galatia, which is right now in Turkey, in the middle of the Turkey. They are barbaric by nature at that time. They are world warriors. They are very simple-minded. And when Paul came, they received grace. They received grace. They went, hallelujah, God is great. And then Paul had to go into his journey in other places. And when Paul came back, Paul was shocked. There weren't even babies. They astray from the core of the uh, understanding the grace. They lost that, the meaning of the grace. 
And Paul was heartache. And he said this in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. My dear children. You notice it's called a baby? Maybe a little older than baby. My dear children. They're not, they're not his biological children. It's his spiritual children. He says, look, my dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth, until Christ is formed in you. In other words, he went through, Paul went through a great deal of pain, nurturing them, making them understand what the grace is all about. And he comes back sometime later, and they have lost it. And he's saying, your babies, your children, now I have to go through this all again, trying to make you understand how now you need to be formed, how Christ needs to be formed in you. How you need to now grow in grace. And verse 20 says, how I wish I could be with you. What he means is I have to move on now. I can't stay here uh, forever with you. i got to go other places for missionary. I wish I could stay here with you now so that I, don't, I can change my tone. I can now say, now you are fully grown in Christ. That's what he wanted to say. And because I can't say that because I'm still perplexed about you. That's Paul's, Apostle Paul's appeal. Sometimes our God is appealing to you. I have died for you. I have suffered for you. I have proved that I am truly the Son of God by being resurrected and ascended to heaven. What have you done with my blood? What have you done with my son? That's exactly what God is asking you. It's a Paul asking this people in Galatians, same kind of thing. What have you done with you with it? So how do we grow in Christ's grace? Well, think yourself as onion. Onion is your life. Think you're onion, and this is your life. If you keep this onion to yourself, whatever is inside, nobody will know. Put this in the dark, nobody will know. If you don't peel it, you never get to expose what's inside of you, the hurts and the pains. What God is telling us is this is your life. Start to peel it. When you peel, at first, it may be okay. Second layer, you're going to begin to tear up. Third layer, you can't even open your eyes. When you peel it, you begin to see little sins, little things that is telling you that I am no greater than the people that I don't like. That's when the true, the essence, grace will kick in to be able to go and embrace 
and to reconcile with your friends. You know what onion does, right? It brings tears. But it sometimes is good tears. So who is ready to peel your onion? I'm going to ask one to uh, come up here and just give a short testimony as to how he was able to peel his onion and to grow in grace. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for asking me to come up here and share my story of showing grace and mercy. I'm a little nervous um, of what I'm about to share with you all, a part of my journey that most of you do not know of. And it is something that I kept to myself uh, over the last four to five years of my life. And this one relationship affected my lifestyle uh, like a row of dominoes. It all started in 2010 when I was first enrolled at Dinerhan School of Music. It was the first day of orientation where I met one of my closest friends. And we had everything in common from sports to music and seeking greatness was on top of the list, being successful. Um, he was very intelligent, strong-minded, and a giver at heart and in life. He was basically like my right-hand man. We experienced everything together, you know, from traveling together, uh, being hungry together, um, not knowing what to eat the next day. And at times we were sleeping you know, while cockroaches were crawling around the house. And you can hear the mouse you know, trying to open their potato chips in the middle of the night to bed bugs. And screaming, yelling in the, in the hallway of the apartment. There were drug dealers in and out of the building. But we both uh, strongly believed that we were going to make it one day. And nothing was going to stop us. Even with the struggles, everything flowed and, and functioned like how I wanted to be because I knew that this struggle was going to mean something. And because of our own selfish desires and our own selfish dreams, things didn't end up the way I wanted to. My mother started to get sick. So I left New York quietly. I started blaming other people for all the bad influences they instilled in me. Everything was going downhill pretty fast. People started to drift away from my life. My closest friends my oldest friends, 
they were more focused on their own priorities. And I understand that because I deserve it. I was focused on mine, and I started to drift away from them when things were going well for me. I was caught up in my own mind. I created my own reality thinking nobody really cares. I thought to myself, I did all that I can to be a service to others, and this is what I get. God, what did I do wrong? Why me? I must have certainly missed something. I must have missed some kind of angle. I was young. I was naive. I was hungry. And I was running as fast as I He took away everything from me, from friends, my high school sweetheart, mentors, my parents' health, and most importantly, my, my childhood friends. He replaced them with drug addicts, college dropouts, prostitutes. I was miserable. But I always believed that God always has a reason. Always, without a doubt. That's something that always that was instilled in me. And you learn when you are in a discourse convention. Surprisingly, these are one of the realest people I've ever met in my life. No filter, no fear. Just pain, a lot of it, pain after pain by other people's judgment, especially myself. And they were always wondering when it was their turn to die. They would always joke about it. I wondered, I wondered, I wondered how people felt when I judged them. I wonder what kind of influence I have instilled in someone's heart. I wonder how a simple short sentence can either make or break someone's life. All the judgments that I made on other people came back to me. Your karma is real. Now I'm afraid. I'm afraid to judge. I'm afraid to judge. God gave me a strong enough heart to forgive everyone, except for the one close friend. It took years for recovery, patience. We were both so eager and ambitious and hungry that we missed all the important steps and signs from God. 
And that's why he's my brother. We got caught up in our own personal dreams. And in the surface, we smiled. We agreed. But inside, I was burning at some of the painful memories we've had. And I'm sure he felt the same way. Because feelings don't lie. A couple of days ago, he sent me a message. He sent me a message apologizing. It also made me want to apologize as well. We talked on the phone for hours. And after four, four years of internal battle, all the tension suddenly just dropped. <laughs> a new chapter of honesty, integrity, and trust has been rebuilt, a new seed has been planted. After all this, I came to a realization. I plowed the wrong soil from my seed. I realized I lost my being. I didn't understand the significance of decisions of the decisions that I've been making. Ever since the day I led astray to my vow with God, I was plowing the wrong soil. My occupation, my job is not to be famous, make a lot of money, or even to be recognized anymore. It's simply to be effective in others' lives. As long as my stomach is formed, I'm grateful. Because an empty stomach is the worst. If I want to do God's work that's, that he has planned ahead of me, I'm going to be tested, trialed, broken, trialed again broken again but he will never give me something that I cannot handle with my two hands and my two feet ladies and gentlemen uh, boys and girls if you're going through hell if you feel like you're going through hell keep going because you will be blessed and God always pushes the children he loves the most to the edge of their abilities. Peace comes from pain. Peace comes from knowing why God has placed you here. Peace comes from knowing the truth. And we will always remember the cross. Now Jesus is no longer there. He's not on that cross anymore. He's already left. But he left that cross for us behind so that we can look at it and remind ourselves that this is our transportation to heaven. There's no other way. He took up that cross and 
now it's my turn. Now it's our turn. Let's forgive. Let's be truthful. And think of our vulnerability as our strength. It will free us. Thank you. Second Peter chapter 3, 18 says this. But grow in the grace. But grow in the grace. In the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. That between now, the moment that we have received the free gift of grace, to the day of eternity, that time in between, we are to extend, we are to open that gift that we have received. We need to continue to peel the onion, the gift, who we are. In the center, when you peel all the layers of onion, and this is what our God would say, trust me. Because now, we're back to the essence of grace, the being, trust me. So let us grow in grace. The Spirit of God who gave us this confidence in helping each other extend that grace unto others as our Lord Jesus Christ had done for us. And we will continue to do so because of His Spirit. His Spirit still and forever will live on.